good evening everybody uh, first off let me apologize I left all of my bulletins at church and therefore I don't have the list of uh, all those folks we have on our prayer request list but there is uh, several folks who uh, need our prayers and um, can think of things that are coming up brother Mike has his hip surgery on uh, the 8th of November uh, Lynetta has her surgery uh, or not surgery, but uh, bladder test on the 13th. Uh, Brother Jerry's supposed to be having a PET scan. And so uh, do remember all of these in your prayers. There's, like I said, several others. And I'd hate to call everybody's name and miss somebody in that regards. But uh, as far as upcoming things that we know of, um, those are some of those, the, the bigger ones there per se. Um, other tests that other folks have uh, again I apologize for not remembering everything there and also forgetting my bulletin uh, but we know the Lord knows all about them he knows each and every need and so uh, that is more important than whether or not I can repeat them I promise you uh, but uh, not to say that we don't care uh, in that regards uh, but do remember one another remember our shut-ins and remember all that's going on right now in the world uh, and be much in prayer there with that we'll get to the Lord in prayer uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things tonight uh, not trying to uh, spend a lot of time there but just a few things that's come to uh, fruition over the last few days and it's kind of made me think a little bit more uh, on them as well so father we thank you tonight and we love you and we praise you for your many blessings we ask you, Lord, help guide and direct. Lord, you know everybody on the list, dear God. We'd fail to mention Timothy King on hospice, dear God. Remember, ask you, remember, touch him, dear Lord, and all the other needs, dear God. The names flood through our minds of those that we know we've read. And uh, Father, we just know many needs that are out there, but also many needs we don't know anything about, but yet you do. And so we trust you, Father, to take care of those things and to meet those needs. We do pray, Father, for all the sickness that's been going around, for the little ones getting sick, dear God. Father, just help them and touch their bodies, precious Lord. Father, we know tonight that you're in control of all the situations throughout the world, uh, not just in our lives, but throughout the world, dear God. And so we praise you for that. We trust you for it, Lord. We ask you, dear God, to help us to be the wiser, uh, Lord, through the study of thy word, through the understanding, dear God, and through faith and trust in thee. And we ask you, Lord, help us tonight as we give you praise and glory and try to uh, do your will, Father, uh, leading folks in your word. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. <clears throat> uh, we're in 2 Timothy tonight, uh, chapter 3. While you turn there, let, let me just remind you of something. Uh, Paul goes through and he talks a lot about the coming of the end of time and, and last days and events that's going to happen. Uh, he covers that. Uh, Galatians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, you can go through and look at these. And then Peter does the same. Jesus did the same. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, even God started out instructing men. Um, we looked up the two words last days in, in, in the scriptures. They're found eight times. Uh, the interesting part to me on, on part of that, 
uh, just a minute ago looking that up, was that the first time was found, is found in Genesis 49. Now, I'll be honest with you. I did not expect to find last days in the book of Genesis. Uh, that's the beginning book for you and I. But on the same hand, it was found in Genesis 49, and four, 7 times 7 is 49. Uh, and when you look at that and think about that, uh, tonight, that makes sense that it be found there because uh, seven is the perfect number of God. Uh, seven represents completeness. Uh, and so when we get to the last days, we're coming to the completion of God's time. And God is the only one who can end time down here as we know it. And so when we look at that and we think about that, that made perfect sense to me to think that God would do that. Uh, but also... Because we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, and what it says there, it befell us to, to make sure that we looked at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 real quick. When the Apostle Paul says this in verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering." For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. This is Paul's charge to Timothy. We're living in this time that Paul was telling Timothy about. And, and we're looking at this, and uh, it's by no surprise to us that things are getting worse, although it does surprise us as things do get worse because we're like, we, we really don't think, I guess we really don't prepare for the fact that it could happen in our lifetime as much as we talk about the possibilities of things that can happen in our lifetime. And so it says there for Timothy, he's, he's to just continue on doing what God would have him to do, being what God would have him to be, and to stay in the work and stay in the word, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, exhort, all with all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, don't don't shy away from the truth, but use it. Use it to reprove, use it to rebuke, but use it to re, you know to exhort and, and to help folks. He said the time will come. We're living in that time. They were living in that time, but we see it more and more today. Uh, he said in verse 4, Then they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We see that today. But he says, But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of the evangelist, make full reproof of thy ministry. And then Paul talks about himself, how that he himself is ready uh, to go to see the Lord. Uh, so when you think about this, when we talk about these things, we should also understand that even with all this going on, we should still be about the Father's business. We should still be doing what God would have us to do. And so verse 1, chapter 3, it says this, and, and this is kind of based upon some things. Um, I don't know how many people pay attention to too much. We don't pay attention to a whole lot of news, but we do try to catch some things, some important things. And uh, we see other countries now that are starting to really get involved in the war uh, going on over in Israel. Uh, even to the point that our own air bases, or not air bases, but our own uh, uh, bases, some of them over there have been attacked. There's some retaliation going on. Other countries are starting to step up and, and do things. But 
I would say even more something that I heard uh, today that really shocked me was how many people in our own country um, are not in support of Israel. And so, you know, when, when a nation like ours that's founded upon Christian principles, uh, again, I, I, I go back and I always clarify this, not all the founding fathers were uh, God-believing, God-fearing, Jesus uh, salvation men. Uh, some of them were deists. Uh, some of them believed that there was a God. They just wasn't sure, you know, who he was per se. But they all believed that the reverence of God was vital. And so we are endowed with certain inalienable rights that have been given to us by our creator. And so that goes back to God. God is our creator. And he gave us the Bible so that we would understand these things that are coming and so we're living in the last days, and we have been for quite some time. If you think about it, uh, again, Genesis 49 was the first place that it was found. And there we find uh, uh, Jacob, Israel, starting to talk to his sons. And he, tells, he says, let me tell you about what's happened or will happen in the last days. And so uh, just think of it that way. So he said, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. I looked up the word perilous instead of just simply going on my own thought process of it. Um, and it means dangerous, uh, risky. Uh, I can't remember all of it. There was another part of it, but uh, uh, it, it hazardous. Uh, it, it's perilous days are, and I, and I was thinking about it earlier, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it kind of parallels with what's going on. Well, remember what the Bible said about the last days, right? As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, and in perilous days. So I was thinking about parallel things. And the Bible says that we will be parallel. We will be, it's going to be in the last days like it was in the days of Noah before the flood came. We're getting there uh, more and more every day. And in the last days, they're going to be dangerous days. They're going to be hazardous days. Uh, they're going to be risky days. Uh, and these things are more and more evident today because of where we're at. And, and think about this. I thought about this too, and I'll get back to, to the thought that kind of provoked me. Um, those of, I believe they said 65 years of age and older, 73% of those support and believe that we need to support and stand alongside of Israel. 35 years and younger only 40% felt that way. And uh, that's a staggering number to think about how, how much of a difference there is between those who think we should stand and those we think we shouldn't stand. And then the other side of that too is even in our own country, those who are standing uh, with terrorists, Hamas and so forth. And you say, Brother Ernie, that's you know political stuff. It's not political stuff, it's religious stuff. It's things that we really need to think about. Uh, the other day, uh, Netanyahu used the word religious war and uh, or holy war. Uh, and I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, it, this, this, this battle that's been raging on years and years is a holy war. And good and evil have been fighting since the beginning of time. God was against the devil. The devil was against God. The devil uh, got his got God's children, God's people, Adam and Eve, to do the wrong thing and put 
uh, a strife between God and man, and Jesus came to do away with that strife and unite us back to God through his blood. Uh, so when we live in the perilous days, it, it has to come down to this, that people are going to be walking further away from God, and that's exactly what's going on. People are, are getting further and further from God. There's less and less of a belief, and there's also less and less of a reliance, even to the point to, as we've said many times, and, and people have said over the years, you know, the apostle Peter, uh, when him and John were going into the temple, said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And and so while they didn't have the monetary thing, they had the spiritual, they had the faith, they had the belief, and they trusted. And that's why the lame man got up. He believed in what they were saying, and he believed in Jesus, and he believed that that could happen. He'd already witnessed and seen things that transpired, no doubt in my mind, there. But today, that's they're getting further and further away from faith, getting further and further away from belief uh, in trusting in God. The sad part is, is that the further we get from God, the the more uh, hatred that's going to build towards God's people, Christian people, people who believe in the Lord. Uh, and we're going to find that the perilous times are coming. There, there's going to be a risk. There's going to be a hazard. There's going to be a danger uh, in serving God and being forefront about it. But he said that perilous times will come, and then he gives the reason why. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We, we see that today. Um, anything goes. What I want to do, you know, as long as I'm, and, and people say this, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, what does it matter? Well, the truth of the matter is whatever action you take has an effect on somebody, uh, whether good or bad, and that could be an influence as well. Uh, he goes on to say, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. They want everything. Uh, and we see that. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. We, we see all of these things going on. We, we see that we're living in a day and an hour and a time when this is not something uh, that's down the pike. This is something that is evident and happening even as we were talk you know uh, we're, we're living these these days and these hours we're living these moments it's it's not uh, futuristic anymore it's present uh, and it's not that it wasn't before it's just that it's more evident now uh, that people are just selfish they're really they're really selfish in a lot of ways uh, you see that through the way they drive. You see that through the way they shop. Uh, the the things that they that people do today, um, it, you know, it really it really doesn't matter uh, what other people think. And then, like I said, covetous. Um, there's a division uh, in our country, and they try to keep us divided by covetousness, which is basically look at what somebody else's has, and you don't have that, so it's unfair. Uh, and therefore, you should you should have that, and there cause a, a a covenant that goes in there. And the Bible tells us not to covet our neighbor's wife. You know, uh, we're not to uh, covet our neighbor's things. We're we're supposed to look at that, and if we you know 
to be honest, look at your neighbor. If they're blessed, they're blessed. And thank God that they're blessed and serve God and realize you're blessed too. But you may not have as much as they have. And then again, you know what? I've said it many times. Maybe I couldn't be as responsible as some people are. But then again, also realize this. Not everybody who has a lot's blessed. Some of those folks are covetous and they're cursed. Uh, their possessions own them. If you think about the rich young ruler, uh, you know, was told to sell everything he's got, give to the poor, and take up his cross and follow the Lord. And he couldn't do that. He had many goods. His, his goods were his God. So not, not everybody who has an abundance is blessed. Sometimes they, they have those as idols and they're cursed uh, because they're not going to be doing things for the Lord. They're also proud, uh, blasphemers. You know, there is no God or I'm greater than God. I'm bigger than God. I got it all. God didn't help me do nothing. Uh, I think about a, a movie called Shenandoah and uh, Jimmy Stewart's in that movie and he, he would sit down and they would pray. And he would start off and he would thank God uh, for what they had. And then he would go through and list what all they did to get it. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, God, I thank you for the food I've got that I labored, I tooled, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. And, and it's basically telling God, you know, what did you do? I did everything and I'm supposed to thank you for it. And uh, that's not the way that it is. So they're, they're unthankful, they're blasphemers, uh, and they're disobedient. The Bible says to parents, we can see that evident today. And I hate to say it, but in our children, uh, disobedient to parents. I say this too. Uh, there are parents who are helping children of other parents be disobedient to their parent because they disagree with them. Uh, that shouldn't happen. Uh, we should respect and, and support and help one another. Uh, but the problem is, is, is today, uh, well, evil is just evil. That's all there is to it. Uh, grandparents shouldn't undermine, grand, uh, un undermine their children's children or their children by doing things with their grandchildren that they shouldn't do. Uh, shouldn't let them get away with things and so forth. And we see a lot of that today, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, it just causes strife and division and heartache uh, between a parent and a child. And that, that shouldn't happen. Uh, and we see a lot of that today in the day and hour we're living in. Um, and that, it's kind of one of those things when we look at that, uh, we ought to be encouraging our grandchildren and other children to be obedient to their parents and to respect them. Now, I will say this, um, don't, don't make the wrong choices. If the parent is trying to lead the child down the pathway of sin and lead them towards hell, do all you can to influence them to be respectful to their parents, but on the same hand, uh, choose Jesus. I don't have a problem with that, uh, but, but that's not what's happening today. A lot of it is more sneaking and, and doing things that shouldn't be done. Uh, the other thing is unthankful, never never satisfied with what you've got. We see that going on. Unholy. Um, even in churches, churches today have a lot of things that are happening that are not holy. Uh, they're unholy. How do you know you're living in the last days? Well, these are the things that are going on. Uh, the Bible is no longer a respected, uh, useful 
and I don't want to say tool, but but the Word of God just it's it's meaningless to a lot of people. Uh, you'll see a lot of preachers pick up. They'll read one verse of scripture, and then they'll put the Bible down and they'll talk 45 minutes on something that has nothing to do with that verse of scripture. They'll demean it. They'll twist it. They'll turn it. Uh, they'll leave it off. They'll tell you it didn't say what it said. I mean, there's all kinds of things there. And then not just that, uh, uh, but they uh, don't even use the Bible a lot of times. And so we see that. But it says, then without natural affections, uh, we see that going on today more and more with the homosexuals and the transgendered and people in general. Uh, you can't just lay it at one doorstep. There's many avenues there, truce breakers. Uh, nobody keeps their word, false accusers. Now, it's always your fault, never my fault. Even if it was your fault or my fault, it's still your fault because, you know, I'm not going to blame myself. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. You're going to see that more and more with, with the days going on. Traitors, heady, high-minded, and uh, we, we see that happening today. They'll stab you in the back, so to say, heady, that high-minded. They, they think more about themselves and those that will give them something than they do about other things. But, but look at this, lovers of pleasure. Now, why would God put this two things at the end? Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that's because we need to realize that the whole world in general is being taught that pleasure is yours and you should be pleasured in life. You should have a good life and you should have a pleasing life and you should have a easy life and I'll just be honest with you um, those in the days in which this uh, Bible was being recorded the apostles and um, going on even after that before that they had some tough times they didn't have it easy like we did they got from place to place either by walking uh, horseback donkey uh, or boat and they didn't have powered boats and stuff there wasn't cars and trucks and trains and all that there was a lot of labor involved just getting around and then the work that they did that they did it by hand wasn't done by machine uh, there was no microwaves to go and cook and do things and so they they loved when they accomplished something there was pride to it per se in this aspect but the Bible tells us in the last days, they're going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And so anything that distracts from God, that's going to be more appealing than God. Anything that's easier than serving God, that's going to be more appealing than God. I mean, you can't sit down and listen to a Bible. You can't uh, listen to preaching. You, you, there's, you know, that just takes too long. And, and, you know, God wants too much from you and stuff. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, it takes some time to have a relationship with the Lord, but on the same hand, it takes a time to have a relationship with anybody. And the other side of that is, is the relationship that we have outside of God can only be perfected by the relationship that we have with God. And our things, they're not worthy of taking up the space that they take up a lot of times because they take up more than what they should. Uh, God doesn't mind a man to have uh, uh, things to enjoy. And then the scripture tells us, you know, that, that a man should enjoy his labors and the fruits thereof. But, but it doesn't say to uh, allow those things to overtake and separate and keep you from fellowship with the Lord. 
I didn't mean to go so far into all of this, but it said having a form, and that's where we're living today in a big, big, big way, having a form of godliness, kind of like God, but not God. Uh, pointed towards God, but not really going that direction. You know, talking about God, but not really living it. Mentioning God, but not possessing. Uh, you, you see it all the time. Our thoughts and prayers, your thoughts and prayers, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the people when the tragedy happens. Where's your prayers going? I mean, the people that condemn people who believe in God, Bible thumpers, they call us, uh, people who think that God does not belong in the school, God does not belong in politics. And I'm going to tell you right now, our politics would be so much better if God were uh, the vital part of it. Um, people who criticize people and call for the separation of church and state, which is not found in your constitution. Uh, the state is separated from being involved in the church. The church is not separated from being involved in the state. Um, and so we're trying to push God out. And then we turn around and say our thoughts and prayers are with them. And, and I just ask the question, where's your prayers go to if they don't go to God? Um, and then, you know, we tell people it's not right that you do X, Y, or Z. Well, well, who said that? Well, you know, it's just a moral compass. Well, those things came from God to start off with. And so, you know, uh, they, they want a form of godliness, but they don't want the power of God. And it says that, but denying the power thereof. They, they don't want God to be involved. They don't want the true power of God to be relevant. Uh, we go to church and we sit in church and we don't want to hear anything that rubs us the wrong way. Uh, you know, <clears throat> preachers are supposed to tell us the good stuff and not the bad stuff. You know, we need encouraged and not torn apart. And I'll be honest with you, encouragement should be done, but but people call talking about preaching against sin being torn apart. Uh, preachers who don't preach about sin don't care about their congregation. I'm just going to tell you flat out. They don't care about their congregation. They don't care about people because it's the sin, Isaiah said, that separates us from God. It's our sin that Jesus died for. And it is our sin that stands in the way today of us having a right relationship with the Lord. And we allow that sin to come in. And, and, and we don't want to do away with sin. You know, only, only enough conviction that, that, you know, I can say, yeah. Uh, but not so much that it actually changes me. Uh, I'll talk about God, and I'll read a Bible verse here and there, you know, and, and I don't mind watching a movie that has a good uh, moral uh, tone to it or stuff, but not, not, let's not get too carried away. See, they want a form of godliness, but they don't want the real power of God involved. And the real power of God is life-changing. That's what we need as we're looking at this time in which we're living in. A life-changing God that changes our lives so that we are prepared, that we are ready, and we understand that we're prepared and ready not because of what we've done, but because of what He's done. 
that the power of God rests upon us. The power of God comes in, changes us, transforms us. The Bible tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, stop looking at what the world is doing. Start looking at what God is saying and living that way. When your mind is transformed by the Word of God, your heart is also transformed by the Word of God. And, and your life is. And again, this is not going to be easy. You're going to run into some difficult times. After Paul talks about these things here, he said, you know, turn away from these people. From such, turn away. Why? Because they're the type that lead, lead people into captivity. And you can read that. But after Paul talks about that, he tells Timothy these words. He said, I charge you, therefore, before God. Think about that for a second. This is going to happen. This is going to be the mindset of men. This is where their hearts are going to be. This is going to be the application of what's going on. But Timothy, he says, go ahead and do what's right. If you back up just, just a little bit, Paul says in verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, patience, persecution, affliction, which came to me at Antioch and Econom and Lystra, and, and what persecution I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. God's going to deliver us one of these days if we stay faithful. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's not going to be easy. The perilous times, that that's the times when, when we get to this, you know, living for Christ. Uh, it's going to be those things that we, we face. He said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's not going to get better. But then he says, but wait. But continue thou in the things which I have, thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That's your King James Bible, church. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This is where the Lord wants you and I to be. This is where he wants you and I to live. This is how God desires for us. And he gave us the Bible not only to tell us about the times so that we would understand what's going on, but to remind us of who he is, to remind us of who we should be, to remind us of what to do. Because like I said, then in chapter 4, Paul tells Timothy, but you do what God would have you to do anyways. Be the man of God you're supposed to be. Live the way you're supposed to live. And when you get to the part where I'm at and you're ready to be offered up and you're ready to leave this walk of life, there's a crown of life waiting for you too. These are the things that you and I should be focused on. Again, something else I said about this uh, the words, and I, and I meant to get in the, into some of the other scriptures, and I didn't do it, uh, but the words last days is found eight times in your King James Bible. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Not every new beginning is a good thing. When we get into the last days, it's going to be rough. That's a new beginning. It's going to be something we've not seen before. Uh, remember, Jesus said that uh, tribulation such has never been known or shall ever be again. Uh, in the book of Matthew uh, there's going to be things that happen 
that are going to be like none other time and, and you won't want to be part of it but if God tarries we're going to be part of it then just read your scriptures um, it's going to be more than what uh, we care for uh, I'm just trying to find that real quick there uh, but uh, there's there's time there's a tribulation time coming not seven years I don't I don't see that I know people talk about Daniel I may be wrong I just admit that but I don't think we see that in the way that a lot of folks talk about it uh, but there's tribulation coming such as never been or ever shall be after and that is something to think about that there's going to come a time when it's going to be more than we can ever think verse 21 of chapter 24 of Matthew for then shall come great then shall be great tribulation such as what is not since the beginning of the world to this time nor no nor ever shall be it's going to be more than we realize or think about but if we just hold fast and stay true to the Lord uh, we'll make it through to the end. We'll be all right, and that's more important than anything else, church. I'll be honest with you. Uh, just hold on to God, uh, cling to your King James Bible, to the Holy Ghost, and you'll be in good shape uh, no matter what comes. Father, we thank you tonight, and we love you. We just pray, Lord, your will be done, your name be glorified. Help us, Father, to study thy word, to, to know better, to see clearer, to understand. Dear God, you've tried and you, you're willing to reveal to us things so that we're prepared and ready. And dear God, we just ask you tonight, help us, Lord, to do that. And we'll give you glory, we'll give you praise, Father, in the precious holy name of Christ Jesus. And amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, hope and pray to see you at the next appointed time.